Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of DC that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another quasi-exciting edition of the Big Red Bus as we take this uh, massive structure out. I'm kind of angry right now. I'm running over mailboxes. I'm taking this out into the, the forest looking for deer. I'm not happy. Not happy after that. Uh, we just watched the Boston Celtics game. Um, how's my co-pilot doing? How you doing there, DT? I'm doing good. I watched the game with both uh, my daughters today. Uh, oh, Paige had some some excellent analysis of the game. She, she said that the uh, the guys in white are a lot better, and uh, <laughs> you know that well, she's uh, right. the, the Bulls aren't very good, and they will not make the playoffs. Oh boy! Uh, so that that is Paige's analysis. Let's get her in the bus. We also we also determined that the opposite of sriracha, because my my kids love saying sriracha when the Bulls make it make a three, is uh, Cool Ranch. Uh, when someone airballs a shot. So we, we came up with that today. Lots of ranch dressing uh, when the Bulls uh, shooting today. If I see that Malman Law commercial again, I'm going to throw my remote through a window. You know what I'm talking about? The one guy looks so nervous, I can't even believe that he's going to, you know, he's going to represent me in a court of law. He can barely walk without it. It looks like he's about ready to, to faint. Um, anyhow. <laughs> this is the analysis you need. Uh, I'm kind of angry with the starters, you know. I've really had it. I'm, first of all, are we, can we criticize Pat? Will is it okay to do that, or without the the army coming after us? I mean, he's been atrocious. I don't think the last, so. The I, last I don't three think games. that's it's not, <laughs> it's not a lot. It's not a lot. He's been atrocious the last three games. He's one of four tonight in ten minutes. Zero for two from three. One of four from the field. It was a minus twenty in ten minutes. Uh, the last game I pointed out three times in the first seven minutes he allowed backdoor cuts for dunks, and uh, the previous game against Charlotte I thought was his worst one. He, three games in a row. He's 19 years old. He's hit the rookie wall, but he shouldn't be starting. Like, there needs to be a change, and I'd start with him. Otto Porter Jr., put him in the starting role. If we want to salvage the season and actually get to the playoffs and make something happen, I think that's what needs to happen. Now, I know everybody's listening to this is like, give me a break. He's 19 years old. What's the question, development or making the playoffs? we got to ask ourselves that. But he's, he's made far too many mistakes on the defensive end. If I hear another person tell me that he looks like he belongs out there, I'm going to lose my mind. I just showed it on Twitter. I highlighted the mistakes he continues to make. And it's, I guess, and, and I'm just sick of the excuses. I'm just really sick of it. He's 19 years old. Yeah, I'd pull a sixth grader for some of the mistakes he's made in the last two games. All right. Uh, Doug, what do you think? Are you going to calm down? Do you remember early in the year when you, you like said the Bulls were going to win 20 games? And then, uh, you know, it was after a couple bad losses. You got a little upset. It was a third, then, after the third loss against Golden State. Yeah. And then I was fine. Yeah. And then, you know, we came back and now, like, you know, like last show, you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed about my behavior. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just want to point that out to you. These are yardstick look, games, Doug. Look, we, we just, we, we lost to, we lost, you know, kind of two blowout games. I mean, I know they, 
they they fought hard in, in some ways against both these teams to to come back at times. You know, I was impressed they actually got this one back under into single digits and looked like maybe they might make it a game. And then they, they kind of let it let it go at the end. And then against the Lakers, you know, you were down by thirty at half and you you, you fought back to make it kind of respectable-ish, but you were never really in either game. Uh, you know, like like they didn't play well. You know, they they haven't played well. And the the one thing I, I guess maybe I want to talk about with this is. When they were playing better, they had really uh, just great offense. You know, like there, there are stats like over the last five games, the Bulls are top three offensive efficiency in the league. And I think we can say that this is probably true for sure. For sure. This is a really bad defensive team. Oh, you know, mistakes it's hard to all over. No yes. one helps. It's a really bad defensive team, right? And so the question is are they actually a good offensive team? Or did this team collectively go through, you know, like a two-week-long hot streak? And and that's kind of will determine, like, how well this team does going forward. I'm not surprised they lost this game or the Lakers game or that they lost both kind of badly. I'm really not. But what will be important is, like, is this a good offensive team? And did we just have, you know, like a rough, you know, game or two? Or is this a team that really just got lucky? For, for a stretch and have a really hot stretch. And and that'll that'll determine, you know, what happens when we start playing, you know, the Knicks and the Magic and the, and the games coming up uh, in the not-too-distant future. Well, we got to be honest about, first of all, you, you hit it right on the head. The start Daniel Gafford movement hopefully has been quelled for all time after the last two games. Wendell Carter Jr. is one of our only plus defenders. I think we have three plus defenders, possibly four on this team. Unequivocally, those three players are. Garrett Temple, Thaddeus Young, and Wendell Carter Jr. I'd maybe throw out a Porter Jr. in there, but he does look a little archaic and a little bit old at times, but he's a very smart defender. Everybody else in this team you can forget about it. Like, everybody. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pat Williams someday might be a great defender. He's not right now. He's terrible. Laurie Markin is a terrible interior defender. It's an embarrassment when he's out there. When you when this team doesn't have Thad Young or Wendell Carter Jr., on the court, their interior defense is a complete embarrassment. It's a compl- it's a disgrace to basketball. And you see guys just lay up lines. Laurie's not a good defender. Uh, Zach's not a good defender. Kobe White's not a good defender. I mean, it's just, it's just a horrific defensive team. And, um, yeah, that's the problem. That's the issue. It's just too easy for other teams to score. And on the offensive end, I think they are pretty good, but uh, we have some guys who are struggling right now and not playing up to their potential. That starts with Kobe White. Yeah, Kobe Kobe has just had a really rough season, which is strange because he had a really excellent preseason, I felt, but he has not been able to get it going at all in this season. His, his shooting has been awful. And, you know, we exited last season with Kobe White on – I don't know if I want to say Kobe White was on a tear, but you know a lot of people felt very positively about Kobe White, right? At the end of last season, no doubt. That's yeah, ten great say. games you know, in a row. Yeah, he had a lot of pretty good games. I I actually pointed out, you know, I think earlier in the show, I said, yeah, a lot of those games, his efficiency was a little suspect, which is kind of what we see now still. But he, he has games where he just shoots great, and you know, you're like, man, this guy could be amazing. And I think ultimately that's what it really comes down to with a lot of these guys is, you know, can they shoot or not? And when I look at Kobe White, it's like if he's going to be an amazing shooter, then he's going to be a great player. But I'm not really convinced that that's going to be the case. I mean, it's a really a, a strong 
feeling that Kobe White is going to actually be a great shooter. And if he's not, then what else does he do well? Because it's, it's probably not a whole lot. Yeah, he was a minus 22 on the court tonight. Two of six from the field, one of three from three. You, you know how you hate the, the Melman Law commercial? Yeah. I hate anyone who quotes plus minus stats for one game. Like, there's nothing more meaningless in a game than quoting someone's no, on-off no. numbers in a single game. I agree. Like, I, I, I agree to a certain extent. You can you can no, take no, some anytime, anytime. <laughs> it's just worthless. It's well, completely worthless. Doug, if what you want to say you? a guy sucked, if you want to say a guy sucked, say he he was like one for ten from the field and his guy destroyed him on defense you know, on the other end. Like, then you can just say he was bad. But don't quote the on-off numbers. You could just have like some terrible number because some dude you're not defending put up five threes in a game and, you know, like some guy on your team that isn't you turned the ball over in five straight possessions. Yeah, but, but Doug, and I can point to this, the five starters were all minus 15 or worse. And the five yeah, guys again, on the bench were all... Again, never never, never on the show again quote a single on-off number. <laughs> okay. I'm going yeah. to drive to your house and smack <laughs> the car keys out of we're in the We're in the bus. What are you talking about? We can drive there right now on the way turn, turn right. it around. <laughs> Yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'll I'll let it go. But I just I don't think you can take too much. But no matter how you slice it, Kobe White's not been not had a good good run this season. It has been very inefficient. He's not defending well. He's very poor at the point of the attack, getting over screens, and he's not he's not really progressing that well at point guard. I was cautiously optimistic early in the season. It seemed like he was kind of getting better game by game, but. You know, I don't know. And maybe it was a little bit too much to ask to really see uh, significant improvement over this short period of time in games with limited practices and everything else. But, man, it's it's painful. And I I get why maybe you you keep running it for a little bit just to to hope it works out. But it's it's rough. I'm going to ask you less uh, disappointment, met expectations, surpassed expectations. You got three choices. I'm going to name the player. Uh, Lori Markkinen. Um, up until the last couple games, I would have would have probably said met expectations, and maybe even slightly Surprise. exceeded. Yeah, sure. but but he's he's kind of come back and you know he's a decent game tonight. I guess is pretty. Yeah, you pretty look at his stats. Though. He's seven to twelve, three three to six from the feet, but, uh, from but, three. But he sucked. He sucked. Yeah, he, he sucked like when it mattered. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like so. Anyway, I, garbage time. Is I, great. But but like I, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Wasn't really high on Lowry. My expectations are pretty low. So I'm, I'm still going to give him at least a, a met expectations. Sure. Zach Levine exceeded expectations. Kobe White uh, uh, did not meet expectations. Patrick Williams. Uh, I'd, I'd say so far met expectations. Agreed. Maybe exceed. Agreed. Yeah, I didn't have really high expectations. I don't think. He yeah, I didn't have super high, high expectations. I think he's been a little showing a little more than I thought uh, I would. But I, I think I think if you could remove all of the people who initially were super excited about every single thing that happened with him, if you if you could wipe that from your mind, then you'd feel more positive about him. But like, there's this kind of like a little bit of reaction of, of, of viscerally of being like no he's not so great he's he's fine but like stop acting like he's going to be a superstar there's no reason to think that and if you didn't have to argue against that like all the time you'd probably like Patrick Williams a little bit more I agree um, I've especially seen it the last three games I mean anytime you just call out for what it is that he hasn't played well there's a whole army of people that are just like acting like you're a hater and 
It's Madden. Yeah, youngest, it's Madden. youngest freshman in the draft. <laughs> Give me a break. I know. It's so stupid. It's so bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's fine. It's like, and, and then I feel bad saying anything mean because I'm like, yeah, he's actually right where he can be is, is completely fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Just just, just stop overhyping it. Garrett Temple. Uh, exceeded. Absolutely. Otto Porter Jr. Uh, hmm. Four for seven for three. I guess I, I, I got to say exceeded only because my expectations are so low. Like, he's he's playing. He's exceeded by expectations. Like yeah, you in know, some ways, one thing like, that drives like, me nuts about he's Otto. He's just on the court. I got to say this. I got to just call this out. One thing that absolutely drove me nuts about Otto. Why the heck is he not playing on back-to-back games? Like, is he – he's not 48 years old. He's 27. What kind of world is this where a guy who is is not playing on back-to-back games – I'm, I don't understand it. It's stupid beyond belief. Drives me I, I, I don't know why you're surprised by it, to be honest with you. I, I'm surprised like, by it because I mean, this guy could not year. stay healthy before. It clearly has all kinds of issues. It does not even remotely surprise me that Otto Porter is not playing back-to-back games. And I, I just don't think he's capable. Like, I, I hear you. <laughs> I wish he was... Play, I wish he could do... I wish he was better than he is, but he's not. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like... Why would you? Why would you think that Otto Porter was going to come in and and, and offer anything like that? I, I think like, if you ask him to play twenty minutes a game in back to back games, I don't think that's a lot to ask a twenty seven year old. And I don't know if it's his camp or the Bulls that are doing this, but I think it's bat crazy. It's insane that you can't ask a guy who's healthy to play back to back games. It's not like we're asking him to cross the desert. I know I sound like Tibbs now, but. This is this is insane. Like, what team is going to offer him a max deal or close to twenty five million a year if you're not able to play back to back games? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I guess I, that's I, his business. I think I, no one's going to offer him a max deal. Or I think to Dallas is going to throw a contract. ton of money at him. The Dallas Mavericks after this year. Absolutely. Come on, get out of here. No one's going to throw a ton of money. How much at you him. want to bet he's going to make over twenty million a year next year? Uh, I don't know. You know. Whatever number you want to bet is bucks. fine. He's Fifty fine. bucks. Everybody hears this now. Fifty bucks. At Fifty dollars. Like it's it's funny how cheap I am. I'm like I like I'm thinking like ten dollars is like a rich bet. All right, let's bet. do that. Ten dollars is even better. Like I mean, like make it a lunch. You know, I'd rather we can do some embarrassing thing. Like I'll have to, you know, pretend I like your favorite player. I'll get like an Archie Diakono jersey or something. <laughs> um, you know. He's going to make like over that. $20 million a year if he keeps on playing the way he is. I mean, I agree. If he gets hurt and misses the rest if he, of the if he plays, If he plays 23 minutes a game and can't play back-to-backs, or back-to-backs, I don't think he's going to make twenty over $20 million a year. Okay. Dad Young? Uh, oh, yeah, exceeded. Sato? It's kind of literally to tell, don't you think? I mean, like, Well, not according to the guys on played. Twitter. I, I just read that he play, he's been excellent this year. He played five for I think he, games. I think, he was one I think he's seven been tonight. pretty... I think he's been pretty solid. Uh, I don't know how great his oh, numbers are overall, but like he's, he's he's looked good in his minutes to me. You know, kind of like you said, like Lowry had good stats today, but you know looked really lousy. Like Sato, to me in general, has looked very good out there. So it's, uh, it's but, just the opposite for Sato. His stats are lousy, but he looks good. He was one. Of I don't know if his stats are lousy. I've, I've not looked him up. He, had, he didn't have good, but like I don't no. I don't know what his overall season stats are. I mean, this is what his fourth game. I just I don't yeah, something like that. And game, I mean, like he played game. like eleven minutes each of the other two games. I mean. I, I just don't think there's enough uh, sample body of work to, to make a, a, a judgment yet. He's a he's a backup point guard, and that's his role, and that's what it should be for any team he's on. Um, that's you know. probably true. I mean, I I think he's probably 
he's a, a very fringe starter. Like if you had really great other starters, maybe he could sub in for a little bit, but he'd, he'd be like at the very bottom tier. And yeah, as a backup, I think he's fine. I don't even think he's necessarily a top tier backup, but he's, he's got some versatility. You know, he can probably play a couple, a few different positions sure. for you. He's pretty solid at everything. You know, like again, it, it really, when you say above or below expectations, a lot of it comes down to, to what you expect. Um, I'm looking forward so, to trading them. Uh, Denzel Valentine. Oh, I mean, you'd have to go with exceed. Another guy, my expectations are super low. So he's, he Agreed. is, uh, exceeded yeah. those. And then, uh, Ryan, a, I you mean, I super guess. happy when you brought that up, weren't you? That you got me to say, <laughs> well, I know hey, it's Denzel true. I, I know it's true. I mean, what are you going to say? He's, he's not met expectations. He's been great for us off the bench in a nice role. How about, um, a Wendell Carter Jr.? That was the last one I meant to ask you. I, I think probably uh, met to exceed it, you know, after yeah, kind of a slow start. Yeah, I think he's met him. Yeah, I don't think he's been great, but he hasn't – he sure as heck – people are still factoring in his preseason for some reason, which is beyond belief. I'm just irritated, Doug. I really am because these were two you measuring, are, you're, measuring you're stick games. I, they were measuring stick games. I wanted the starters to come out and play with a high intensity and being competitive, and the starters weren't remotely competitive. You know, our, our our bench has been fantastic. They were, again, great tonight. I think they had 45 points in the fourth quarter. I think our bench probably out, outscored our starters. And, you know, our, it's just – what bothers me is I see what is going to happen. Bad Young's going to get an offer from, like, Boston or something for a number one pick. We're going to trade him. And then we're just going to go right down the toilet because I don't think this team is that good without PYT. And that's Otto Porter Jr., Bad Young, and Temple. You take those guys off this team, what what happens to us? We're a lottery team. Yeah, I mean, we're probably a lottery team anyway. How dare you? How dare you? I mean, like, it's isn't that team. isn't that a reasonable expectation at this point? I mean, like, we're a fringe. We're we're a, a team that would be on the fringe of the playoffs, right? Like that. We're not like a team that's like, oh yeah, we're we're a shoe in at this point. Yeah, but you've kind of come around to see red, the sea red nation. I think. On the last pod, I definitely got the sense that you were like, you know what, they're probably a playoff team, and yeah. you know, we should go for it. We should go for it. I think they should. I think they should go for it. I mean, I wouldn't be a buyer at the deadline, but I'd be okay not being a seller at the deadline. It does depend, though. I mean, I I, I think you have enough room to sell like one guy, um, and That's maybe two guys. Little. I guess ultimately, I probably would 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 probably sell guys if I had to. Uh, here's what I do: I'd sell Sato tomorrow. And you you just you bring the coach's son up to his spot, and then you know Thad Young to me is a guy you least want to lose. He was so good tonight, Doug. He had 16 points, incredible. I think it was eight of ten shooting. Let me look at his line: eight of eleven shooting, 16 points. He had nine rebounds and nine assists. He almost had a triple double in in 31 minutes. And like he's just so important to this team as far as you know having a guy who knows what he's doing on both ends of the floor and defensively. I think he's rock solid on the inside. Do you agree? I, I mean, I think that is solid. Um, I would be wi- completely willing to uh, sell him, though. For a first round. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you just sell whoever you can. So, you, you, are you telling me somebody calls you at the trade deadline and says, "I'll give you two second round picks for Thad Young"? You're doing that deal, knowing how worthless second round picks are. Uh, I mean, I think I'd be looking for more than second rounders. Yeah, it, it it is always tough. I mean, I think I don't know. What do you what do you think you need? I, I think I you think probably you need a late first round pick it, from a it contender. depends where the like if it's a second two second rounders from like a really bad team and they they project into good second rounders. 
it's different. Like that's not a whole lot different than getting like pick number twenty-seven. Like I'd rather probably have two picks at like thirty-five than one at twenty-seven. Um, so it, you know, it's, it's at first sounds a lot better, but it really does depend on where the picks project out to be. I'd so if they're second rounders and they're in like they project to be in the thirties, and I got two two picks in the thirties, I'd probably take that over one late pick in the twenties. I think Boston uh, absolutely needs Thad Young. He'd be a perfect fit on that team. He'd be uh, exactly what you need to, you know, hopefully put some minutes on on Giannis. Um, eventually, LeBron, if you get past, if you get out of the East. Uh, I think that Young would be perfect for Boston, and they should trade their number one for him. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that. Yeah, I don't think that's that's not a tough sell for me. That that might make sense for them. So, I mean, that that one's sitting there. But the thing is, all the other teams that are, like, you know, at the top of the East, Brooklyn, uh, the Sixers, I th- I'm not sure if the Sixers still have their number one, but definitely Brooklyn Brooklyn, and my, uh, Milwaukee don't. You know, a lot of those teams that are going to be challenging who need that young or need one of our vets are, are yeah, they don't, already Yeah, they don't trading. have an option. Exactly. Maybe Miami, no, Miami doesn't either. I mean, there's a lot. Most of these teams don't even have their number one pick. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm almost of the mind. You kind of keep the team as is and just run, run it through and see where we end up. Um, you know, and if we don't make it, we could be, be a lottery team. If we do make it, you know, we're, we're, uh, cooking with gas. Yeah, I think it, I think that's fine. I, I don't know that you, you yeah, I don't know if you get a first or a, a couple like high seconds for Thad Young, I think you just trade him. And if you don't make it, who cares? Like at some point, like you just have to, you have to decide. I guess in the end, are you trying to win more games or improve your asset base this year? Wow. You know, which of those things is more important to you? I definitely would take a one for him, but not not second rounders. I think second rounders are basically basically worthless picks. But the Bulls have plenty of guys. We have too many guys, right? I think you know a guy like Chandler Hutchinson should be playing. And I think he's good enough to play and good enough to be in the rotation. He's not even seeing the rotation. You know, Denzel Valentine's right on the edge there. It's just and when Wendell Carter comes back, somebody else is going to be out of the rotation. You can you can get rid of one of our vets. And I think the guy Sato, uh, number one, I'd want to trade. Then Thaddeus and Temple would be probably second and third. I don't think you can get a number one for anybody but Thad though. I think that would be tough. Uh, interesting, maybe to say. I think. Auto, depending how he plays, is someone who might be able to get you one. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah, Temple has actually played so well, and his exact role I think is very in demand. So I would not at all be surprised if if he got someone one. Um, so yeah, I think there's options. I just I, you know I don't know how likely they are, but I don't I don't think it's it's crazy to think that there's some some options out there that might might get you. Uh, a number one pick, but like in in that, it's always just in the eye of the beholder, right? Like some team is gonna be really excited about uh, a guy, and another team is not gonna be excited about him. You know, yeah. and and you just you just don't know uh, which of those two things is gonna happen. You've never really like, been uh, a big fan of Kobe, so I mean, what do you think you should do? What where, where do you see what if you're running the team? What do you do with Kobe White? I I mean, I I feel like you just keep rolling. I mean, look, this is this is the guy you have. You get you gotta just hope he comes out of it. Hope he plays well. Like I, I don't think there's like anything else to do with him. 
I'm I'm not like like you said I'm not super high on Kobe, but like you know really what else are you what else are you going to do here besides hope he just turns it around? Yeah, I mean it's I just don't think there's a lot of other options. You could trade him if someone wants to give you something for him, but like I mean, do you really think Kobe's going to fetch anything in a trade? I mean, no, not right I, now. I don't I don't see that. So you know if, if he's not going to fetch anything in a trade, then what really are your options? You know, it's not really a whole lot, to be honest. So that's just, that just is what it is. If somebody gives you a lottery pick for Zach, are you making that deal? Let's say Golden State calls up and says, uh, we'll give you the Minnesota protected first, which I think is top three protected. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you make yeah, that deal? Cool. Uh, I mean, if, if you trade with Golden State, you almost certainly have to take back uh, Andrew Wiggins. Oh. So I, I think they have to give me more <laughs> to saddle me with that extra $60 million um, to, to do that deal. I don't, I don't think I'd do that straight up. Hmm. Uh, now, if you, if you told me, like, I'll give you uh, James Wiseman and that, uh, that pick for Zach, and even if you threw in, like, Wendell Carter or something, no. and then you took back Wiggins, you know, then, then that's a little bit closer. How about then this you say, one? Like, then you, you say, all right, we're going we're gonna to build around our pick, Wiseman, and whatever pick we get from Minnesota. You know, that, that'd be pretty intriguing. How about both picks? So here's what you do. You tra- we take Wiggins back, we send him Zach, and we throw in, you know, make the salary work, maybe even Larry. Zach and Larry for Wiggins and their two number one picks this year. Would you do that deal? Right, Zach's uh, going there. The, I mean, right now, they're probably they're not allowed. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough. Yeah, one. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I like I said, give me. I'd, I want James Wiseman back. I don't want the other pick. Like Wiseman is a guy I feel like as as high upside. So you know, give me Wiseman, and maybe maybe you send them Zach and Thad. You know, because like if they want to actually make some noise right away, Thad's going to help them a lot more. Totally. Yep, absolutely. Or yeah. or whatever. You give them Zach and some other player they want. You know, like I mean, and maybe if, if you fill those scrubs, I don't want to spend too much time debating about a hypothetical trade. I, don't, I think it's really unlikely. You don't have but, any qualms yeah, about why? I, I think in the end, to me, it's like I, if I'm trading Zach, I need to get multiple really high end assets, and um, you know, like or high potential assets. You know, and I think I think to me, like Wiseman and that Minnesota pick would would be uh, something I would do and. I would maybe not need both of those things if I didn't have to take back Andrew Wiggins in the deal and, yeah. and destroy my, my cap for two years. Right. But yeah, having to take him back means you got to throw me something else other than just like one of those assets. Yeah. So I think uh, there's a deal to be made with Golden State. Well, it depends. I mean, what's Golden State's? You know, like if I'm if I'm Golden State, you know, really, I I get why people, you know. It always strikes me as hilarious when people talk about like how great the ownership is and how great the management is and how great all these things are when everything's going really well. Like the Golden State Warriors, people were writing these articles about how the owners and the management are all visionaries and they're gonna they have this plan to keep it going for you know decades and blah 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 and they're doing all this stuff different. And I'm like, no, you're not doing anything different. You got Kevin Durant because of a crazy cap spike year, and otherwise you would have had one title. You know, like. Yeah. Good for you. you know, not to say that those guys are bad. I mean, obviously they're great. Getting a title is amazing. 
But this thing of like, oh, they've got some secret that no one else has figured out and can't replicate is just ridiculous. You know, like, like that's obviously not true. And and you're seeing that now. And then if you look at Golden State now, if if I was the Warriors, I would be seriously thinking like, you know what? It's probably time to realize that this thing might just be over. Like Stephen Curry is probably not a guy who's going to be playing great basketball at 40. You know, not like 40, but he's playing you know, great basketball now. There's no doubt about he it. He is. He is. Like, but, and in Clay Thompson, he's probably never coming back. Like, he, no. he might step on a basketball court again, but never as a great player. I don't, he's not going to come back from an Achilles and an ACL and be a great player. Like, if, if that's your expectation, you're probably going to be disappointed. You throw Garrett Temple and Thad Young and, you know, even somehow throw Levine in that deal to Golden State. I think that's a pretty good team. It'd be um, interesting if you gave them Temple, Thad, and you know, I guess I don't know who, how you'd match salaries, but like if they would be willing to give up that Minnesota pick for like, like basically all of our vets to like complement all of their depth. Yeah, you know, like I would, I'd, I'd, I'd so jump over all over that, but I, I'm sure they could find a better offer. Well, plus, I think but, I mean it's interesting it for a team that might be interested in winning now, like. Like what they might do, and and that is is useful because he actually is on a deal for next year too, whereas Temple is not. Yeah, this is a way too much time. Like I said, to talk about a, a weird trade from Golden State that they're not going to do. Okay, good, good point. Good point. I agree with you. So I mean, I guess at this point now, with the Bulls are seven and ten, you know, we're still ahead of Miami. I mean, there's just so many surprises in the league overall. I guess how do you feel? I mean, how do you feel about where we're at right now after you know still, two disappointing losses? Still good. Still good. Still good. I mean, like, I don't know why you feel so bad about it. I mean, I get it. Like, it's it's rough. You're you're an emotional guy when you watch these games. <laughs> like, you really are. You get you get like super depressed. Like, right. Like, I don't know if we should record right after games anymore. Like, <laughs> you're, you're just like super depressed because of the loss. And if they won, you'd have been super pumped. Like, it's just one game, and sometimes blowouts happen, especially against really great opponents, and that happened tonight. Yeah. Like, okay, they lost, and they lost to the Lakers, and it hurts to have two blowouts in a row against two really good teams in a row. You know, but they're not going to make the playoffs or miss the playoffs based on how well they play the Lakers and the Celtics. They're going to make it based on how well they play the Knicks and the Magic and the Cavs and the Hawks and, you know, like the Pacers. And, yeah, of course, we got blown out by a couple of those teams earlier in the year. But you hope that isn't going to happen again. Like, But that, that's really where we're going to make our hay. It's like you, you were a really, really bad, bad team, right? And so you're trying to make the step from really bad to just kind of sort of bad or like from really bad to kind of average. And when you you were really bad, you're going to have games where that, that hits you again. And so that hit the Bulls for a couple of times, especially against really good teams. Like, like I said at the beginning, we know the defense is really bad. And the question is, is the offense actually really good? And probably a lot of nice, it's not going to be. And the teams that have really good defense, you know, they can afford to have offensive off nights because their defense gets them in the games. And when you don't have that and your defense is really awful on the, on the days where you're not playing as well, you're just you're just t- done. You're toast. You've, you've got no chance. And so we'll see. But I'm... I still think either way, like, what were we talking before the season? 32 wins? I had 34. So like I had 34. 34. Yeah. Which I think. 34 out of 72, right? 
Yeah. That was, that was yeah. not a prorated 34. It was an actual 34 of 72. 34 of 72. And I, I, yeah. And I, I think I had 32 wins out of 72. And so if you set that at the bar, I mean, like, isn't that kind of like the pace that they're on? I mean, I don't know. If I do some some quick math, like, uh, let's see, time, 72. So, no, nah, I guess not. They're on a pace for 30 wins. I think the whole season is going to be basically – determined in the next seven games what direction we go in here's our next yeah seven i think games. that's true uh we got the we got the blazers the knicks twice the magic twice the wizards and the pelicans you gotta go four and three in those seven games if you go four and three or better in those seven games it's all systems go if you end up three and four or worse i think you look at trading the vets and, and blowing it up I think three and four is an interesting number. So say you go three and four, and you're ten and fourteen. I don't know that it tells you a whole lot. No. Like, and certainly not a whole lot negatively. I mean, again, that's like that's an incremental improvement from where you were. Right. The one thing I'd say is, you know, look back at last year, and there's a lot of injuries, right, for that team. Yes, and you, absolutely. You kind of wonder, like, so you've you've not you've had a lot more health this year. So far, I don't know if that's necessarily true. We've had a ton of COVID issues. You know, think about it. we're missing Thad Sato. We're missing some. Yeah, maybe there. that's true. Wonderful yeah, Junior, Larry missed games. I mean, we've had a lot of injuries this year. Yeah, I guess it's about the same. We've had no major injuries yet, but the minor injuries have all added up. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I guess I feel like maybe that's it's just it. Like I don't feel hopeless about our injury situation because we've uh, no, no, we had any major ones yet. But yeah, at any given moment, it could it could spiral and be be kind of bad. Well, our two best players, the two guys we thought were going to be the key to this team doing well, and Zach and Kobe have played every game, right? I don't think they yeah. missed a game, so that's you know that goes a long way in making you feel better about the injury situation, but. Obviously, Laurie, Wendell missed a few games, uh, and then everybody else on the team has missed time, I think, for various reasons, so outside of Patrick Williams. Um, no, he missed a couple games. What am I talking about? Yeah, he missed a yeah. few games, too. And, so. and you're rooting for him to miss games anyway because you hate him so much. I do not hate him. I like the kid a lot. Patrick, I just, it drives me nuts when people are like, oh, he looks like he belongs out there. He had no idea what he was doing the last three games. He's been terrible, but, you know. I think I know. think he looks like he belongs. Okay. Are you, I just, are you trying to irritate me? I just, I'm just, I am. I'm, 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 you're riled up, you know. I just, I got to push the buttons. I, and it's, it's like people I, are like, I tried to deadpan that as best I could. That's very good. Very, very, very well done. On. And I'm, no, I'm not I mean, saying I, he's a bum. I, I'm not right. saying he's not going to be talent in this league. It's just like, yeah. hey, come on. These are mistakes that I don't care if you're 19. You shouldn't be making. You shouldn't be allowing three backdoor cuts in, in a, you know, yeah. in, in one I apologize quarter. to all the fans. This is our worst show ever. Really I think this it's actually been entertaining. Time. I actually enjoy it. I think it's I think it's been awful. We spent about fifteen minutes talking about a Golden State trade that isn't gonna happen. And then we just rerounded on Patrick Williams to talk about how <laughs> much we hate people talking about how good he is, but we really like him. We had to, had to have that discussion twice. Couldn't I, get it out of the way. I think once. I think the it's, whole key really of the show we've we've highlighted one thing that's very important in the next seven games. They gotta go for next seven games. Seven. Next seven games are important. I, and, and maybe the, the broader discussion, and I don't think the next seven games will decide it for sure. Like, you know, obviously, like, you'll just see where you are at the trade deadline, right? 
You know, I mean, in the end, not to state the obvious, but you're like probably no moves are going to happen until you get close to the trade deadline, just because that's the way it is every year. And that's when you'll decide really what direction you want to take. So if the Bulls go 0-7 in the next seven games, and then they won the next 15 after that, you know, we'd still probably say, yeah, oh, great, it's amazing. So, you know, but, but it's a good barometer. It's a really good barometer because the next seven games don't feature a bunch of great teams. You know, there's a lot of teams that you feel are 50-50 games, right? Yes. Like oh, early in the year, we thought that. these Knicks games. Yeah. Early in the year, we thought these Knicks games would be like ones we should win. But now, I mean, I don't know how you can say the Knicks game is better than a 50-50. You know, Knicks are playing for better or worse, like better basketball than we are, and and are a surprise team so far. You know, the Magic are right about the same place as us. You know, Blazers are maybe a little better than us. So I mean, like these are these are all like kind of like you know within. Within some margin, they're like all games that could go kind of either way, and I, th- I think we'll actually be the underdog in most of them. So, but it, it, it's a stretch where you feel like if if you're gonna something is gonna happen for you, this is when it could happen. They got to go five and two, four and three, and because after that you got the Clippers, Indiana, 76ers. You know you do have the Hornets and Kings in there, but right away the Clippers and the 76ers are going to be tough games for this team. Um, you know, they don't match up well against either of those teams. So just really disappointed. I, I just want us to be more competitive in these yardstick games. We were competitive against the Lakers and, and the Clippers and some really good teams on that West Coast trip. And, you know, for our starters to disappoint like they have, it's just frustrating. And I apologize how, for being such a downer. How big do you think it is that Wendell Carter is out? I think it's huge because, like I said, he's one of our only two interior defenders who's, I really think, you know, average or better. I just think the defense looks so bad when he's not out there or Thad. You know, one of those two guys has to be there as a stabilizing force, and I think it's huge. I really do. Uh, he's also our best yeah, rebounder, so, which is kind of a big And so deal. if you think it's really huge that he's out, like if you believe that to be true, then does that, like, mitigate any of what is going on to you? That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess it does somewhat. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't really think about. You know, I, we're missing our best rebounder and our, our interior defensive anchor. Um, maybe that's why things are looking so bad. Yeah, that's a good point. I, mean, I didn't really. I should feel better. I mean, about it, it certainly doesn't like help any. Like, I mean, like no matter how you slice it, right? Like, it doesn't. It doesn't help that you're missing. You know, these guys who are are use, You know, really, really strong players. Um. But you know, and, and I don't know, like I, I don't know the answer to that myself either. Like I don't mean to think say to say to anyone like, oh yeah, if only we had Wendell Carter, like all these games would go in some other direction. You know, I, I don't think that's fair either. But it, it is it is an interesting question to me because I just I, I feel like we don't have a lot of good defensive players, and so missing one, you know, really feels like it hurts to me more than than it should, right? Like, you, you have an outsized impact of it. Um, yeah. Just just because. That's a good point. Yeah, because, I mean, would you agree with me that the Bulls really only have three-plus defenders? Maybe four, you can make that argument. And, and that's, you know, Temple, Porter Jr. Uh, is the one guy I'd say he's probably number four. Thaddeus Young and, and Wendell Carter Jr.? Yeah, I think that's probably, probably an accurate uh, assessment. I, I think Pat will be great someday, but he's not right now. And, uh, you know, everybody else is, ugh. You know, the guy I, I keep on coming back to, Doug, is Laurie. 
I just think, you know, like he had a couple threes a night um, at one point in a comeback, and Bulls started getting a lot of back doors. It just when he's hitting the three, the team's just so much better. And when he's not, I, I just don't know what he does. It's really that great outside of that. You know, he just so many times in the game, he's got a young, smaller guy on him. He's not able to punish that. There was a play tonight that everybody's talking about where he had a smaller guy on him. I think he kicked it out or he, or he missed it. I can't recall. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's a tremendous player. <sighs> he's not a tremendous player. I think people have always just overestimated what he can do. Like in the in in the grand scheme of things, like he's he's fine. He's like he's a. Let's put it this way: if you were, I, mean, I had this discussion recently in Real GM. If you were to place Lowry, in like a um, situation to figure out like how many of starters, what quartile of starters is he in? Is he a bottom twenty five percent? You know, like uh, somewhere in the the twenty six to fifty percent, fifty to seventy five or seventy five up. And, and you know, like I noticed last year, he was in the bottom quartile of starters of, as power forwards. And, you know, this year I'd probably put him at third quartile. And, you know, if you do that, then it's like, all right, he's a, he's a guy like, what do you expect out of him then? It just, he doesn't give you anything other than points. Yeah, and, and he doesn't well, generate important. those points. Yeah, yeah. Like you got to run all kinds of plays for him to get you those points too. And that's like ultimately just not that useful. It's a tough call because, it, but points are useful though. That's the thing. And points are also, useful. He also provides only space. if you're generating them. Yeah. Like <laughs> if someone, if you're, it, it kind of reminded me like in the Thibodeau era, there's a quote like the Bulls run more plays for Kyle Korver than any other like player on the team, and he doesn't get a lot of shots off, but they're constantly running a bunch of action to try and get him shots because when he does get them off, he's very efficient. Yeah. And I feel like Lowry is sort of the same thing. Like you're you're doing a lot of work to try and get him his shots, and then you know he can score pretty well when you do, but you, you spend a lot of time on the clock and a lot of work doing it. And like the end is, it's just like, you know, Zach Levine. You're not spending any effort getting Zach a shot. Zach, you're just like, hey Zach, go take a shot, <laughs> and Zach will get a shot. And and same with Kobe White. And you know, so it's like you, you just have to factor that in. A guy who's only an endpoint to the offense just has a little bit less value. And it's not to say he has no value. Like there's there's value there, but like when you're not a good defender, you're not versatile, and you can only defend one position. Uh, you know, your value is kind of limited. Like in, if Lowry were to become a great three point shooter, you know, what would he give you other than what Kyle Cor- Kyle Korver gives you, or even Doug McDermott gives you? Uh, or, or someone else, and, and the answer is like, well, he's also big, so when he attacks a closeout and he gets close, he's going to be able to finish. And like those guys, you know, if they attack a closeout, they're not really going to be able to get to the rim and finish uh, the same way. So he's got that going. But you know, going back to the guy he replaced, ultimately, like Nikola Mirotic, like he kind of really feels a lot like Nikola Mirotic, even down to the when you really need him, I don't think you'd ever count on him. Like, you know, like Miritich is a guy who I know you famously feel choked whenever it was important. And Lowry kind of feels like that to me, too, a lot of times. The, the thing about, like you mentioned, Korver, I think it, I can't remember where I read this quote, but one uh, opposing coach talked about Korver like he had to guard him like he was a top five player. Uh, he had just tremendous gravity. I don't think. Yeah, Lowry, and, and Lowry doesn't have that. Like, he doesn't. I'm just no, saying, he if, he, if yeah. he did, if he did have that, it's like. You know, like if he became a like he he we brought him in because we thought he'd be this really great three point shooter, and he's not. He's a he's an okay three point shooter. You know, people yeah. actually overrate his shooting a lot because he only shoots wide open threes for the most part. Right. 
Right. He's not shooting contested threes. He's not shooting off the dribble threes. He's not shooting step back threes. Uh, he's not like running around screens. He does some some shots where he runs around a screen and does a catch and shoot three off the move, uh, which is a little bit more difficult. Uh, his percentage on those strikes me as ridiculously low, but he does take a few of those. Like he, he's generally taking, for the most part, really easy, difficult threes. Like if I was being guarded by a guy my size and uh, I had shots as open as his shots, I would shoot the same percentage or better. Now, yeah. obviously, I'm not seven feet tall, and in the NBA, like everyone would be a foot taller than me, and they would just block the shit out of me because my release point is so low that it would be just hilarious. But like, it's not like what he's doing is super difficult, you know, like from a shooting perspective. So it's, it's about as basic and vanilla as it gets. You know, so if he became a really good three-point shooter, you know, it, it, it would help the team, but he's really not. Like it's also worth noting that it's like he's a he's a good open three point shooter who can also attack closeouts effectively, like that's who he is. And outside of that, like what does he bring to the team? Like I can't answer that question. Can't I mean, pass. Like, I don't know, he's, got, he's not a dominant defensive force at all. You know, it's just you know a lot of uh, a lot of potential because you do see when he hits two in a row how defenses start reacting, and it is very positive for the offense at that point. Just doesn't happen nearly enough. Yeah, I mean, but that's Laker... so true of like any player, right? Like, it, it maybe put it this way: if you played Otto Porter instead of Lowry Markkinen at power forward to start games, like, would your offense be any worse? Like, no, Otto Porter would probably shoot even better than Lowry. Yeah, that's true. Would your defense be worse? No, your defense would be much better. I don't know about much better, but you're I'm probably for right. sure better. Yeah, for sure better. Yeah. So, so I mean, point. like, in the yeah. end, it's like, well, you know, and, and Otto was like a $27 million player, but granted, that was when people thought he could play, you know, like, real minutes. Yeah, it, it, It's kind of interesting, though. I mean, like, so you wonder, like, well, what is, what's Lowry giving me, you know, in the end? Yeah, I don't know. He's giving you an army of supporters. He is giving me an army of supporters. <laughs> I, a lot of irritating interactions on Twitter. You know, I, I still for like someone him. Who I, is, for I, someone who is C-Red Fred yeah. and has, has like, built their entire shtick <laughs> out of being the most positive Bulls fan it's ever, it's, you it's seem to be, right. like, really upset about people who support Bulls players. You don't like people who like Pat Williams. You don't like people who like Lowry Marketing. Like, these should be your people. These are, like, these super fans that are have irrational <laughs> confidence. Yeah, like, where are the people these, like these Denzel Valentine? People. That's what I want to know. Where are those people at? <laughs> well, well, I mean, there's reasons for that. He's really bad. So you know, this, like this, I just this show has these, officially this hit a new people. low. I, I'm, I, I'm I now I'm now calling you out, Fred. Like I don't know how you can be so positive and then be so down on other people who are positive. I'm you should embrace the irrational positivity from now on. I'll be positive. Every time someone says something great about Patrick Williams, it should be your job to be like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> I'm in." Just start cheering, yeah. Yeah, Anytime I mean, someone says I'm something way, great I'm about Lowry down. or Kobe, yeah. you can be like, I'm in. Like, I don't know how you could be, like, rational on, the, like, the player level, but then completely irrational on the team level. I'm not following that at all. I, I, <laughs> I think you got to revisit true. that. I guess it's true. Well, the, like I said, I take these losses hard, and these were two very bad losses back-to-back. So that's that's probably what's coloring this discussion. Yeah, so, so when we, we thought we were only going to have two games before our next show, we we said we were going to win the the was it the Rockets game? No, the Charlotte. Oh yeah, Rockets. Char- we, we recorded after whatever the, the second was. Yeah, I got yeah. the order mixed up. My but 
We, we said we'd win that game, we won it. We would lose the LA game, and we lost it. Yeah, one and on one. I think I think if we did this show after that LA game, you would have been like, "All right, I'm not super thrilled with this blowout to LA," but it happens. And I think if I said, "All right, now predict the next two games before our next show. We're going to play Boston on Monday, and the Blazers. What was that Saturday, Friday, uh, something like that? Fr- yeah, Friday. Friday. You would probably predict a, a loss to the, the Celtics. Yes. Yes. And what do you, what are you going to predict for this Blazers game? Oh, you're right. They're playing oh, on Saturday. Right. Man, they're off a few days. See, the thing is, they got Lillard, and it's just like it's so hard to predict if that guy goes off. It's over. I think they'll, right, beat, so I think they'll beat the Blazers. All right. So if we come back on Sunday, the next time we record a show, and they beat the Blazers, everything will go exactly as we predicted, you predicted. And you, you should just not worry so much. Yeah, you're right. Well, at least this was this uh, show served the purpose of putting me back right in the right mood. Yeah. <laughs> gotta get, gotta get, can't let you get too, too down, Fred. Let's get the, let's I mean, get the bus I, back off. If I have road. to carry the positivity of the show, we're going to be in real trouble. <laughs> Good point. But you understand why I was disappointed, right? I mean, I, yeah, I know no, the it's, it's the sucked. effort. If we lost these two games by like six, six points each, seven points each, you wouldn't be upset. You know, it's the fact that you, you felt you're not in the game. That's, That's what exactly you don't want right. to see anymore. That's you don't exactly. want to see, see games that were, were not in the game anymore. I just want to see our youngest players play the best. And right well, now, but that's a, that's kind of unlikely, right? Like, I don't think Patrick Williams is obviously not going to play the best. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Kobe White and Larry Markkinen, those three guys, and, and Zach Levine. Zach's been pretty rock solid for the vast majority of the year, but you know, Kobe and and, and Larry have really alternated, you know, kind of alternated and disappointing me game after game. Yeah, Kobe, I think has just disappointed me pretty much just overall. I mean, like, just, uh, yeah, he's had, like, I don't know, maybe he's had one good game this season, two two good games. Like, I mean, he's not had, there's a lot of games where he's just put up points on, like, very meh efficiency. Mm-hmm. But he's he's not really had any good games. Like, that. we were just like, wow, that was amazing. I think he had one. I don't know. I feel like I should go look it up. But whatever, he's been disappointing. Well, he had general. a great game against Sacramento. I think that was one of the best games he's ever had. He had a 20-10-5, only second player to yeah. do that since Derrick Rose, so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Our youngest player to do that since Derrick Rose. So that was a great game. But, you know, and I thought he had some decent moments on the West Coast trip. But you're right. The last couple games hasn't hasn't been good. And I think he's kind of screwed up because he's trying to facilitate for others. He's got that stuck in his head instead of doing just playing the game. Yeah, I I think he's, he's, he's trying to learn a difficult position. He's in a tough spot. We're trying to stretch him and make him grow. And so we deal with the growing pains. And at some point, like this isn't a, a shot on Kobe, at some point, you might say, you know, throw Sato in the starting lineup to give us a little bit more stability, not oh, because Sato is a better player, but to give us a little more stability, uh, and let Kobe go back to being a microwave off the bench, where he doesn't have to worry about setting everyone up, yeah. and and maybe you do that, and not not because I think Sato is a starter, but like you know, or you could put Temple in the starting lineup as well, would be another another choice. Um, but you know, at some point you might want to do that if you want to try to focus on wins, but otherwise you might say, yeah, we're just going to keep, keep Kobe here. And I think part of the problem is like, it probably doesn't help Lowry having Kobe as his starting point guard. No, you're right. I spent a lot of, I spent a lot of time discussing how Lowry needs someone to do a lot of work to get his shots for him. Well, you know, Kobe doesn't have a lot of great vision and isn't going to generate as many good shots for Lowry as someone else might. So, so uh, you know, I think it's it's a tough it's a tough situation the Bulls are in, trying to decide whose developmental needs are more important, 
and you know how they how they work through that. So to wrap this up, there's one player I keep on seeing on Twitter that everybody talks about. Like we got to get this guy. Now I won't say everybody, but a large portion of the fan base, we got to get this guy. You know what I'm talking about? Chris Paul. No. You're talking to Mark again? <laughs> Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. Yeah. A lot of let's trade for Lonzo. And I just keep on pointing to the fact the guy's a 58% three point shoot, uh, free throw shooter. And as your primary ball handler, how are you going to have a guy, they're going to do a hack of Lonzo in the last five minutes, handling your, your, your games, closing out games? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What do you think of Lonzo Ball as a player, and would you try to acquire him to be our point guard? I would be okay acquiring Lonzo if you know, like I look at Lonzo very similarly to Lowry, a guy who maybe had some expectations, uh, probably fell short of those expectations. Uh, I mean, Lonzo clearly fell well short of those expectations. But then I think they like the bar kind of reset on him after last year. Like no one's looking at Lonzo like a future star after last year. Yes, um, right. You know, like they, it's kind of like three years of like, all right, this kind of is who he is, and and you know. But he would add a lot. I mean, he's a very good defender, um, unlike his brother. And he's uh, also an ex- excellent passer. He's a decent athlete. Uh, you know, like he's got a lot going for him. And I, I think he would make a lot of guys on this team a lot better. Uh, the only thing is, like, what are you going to give up to, to get Lonzo? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I think he, he he had, maybe you could trade Lowry for Lonzo. But, like, I don't see how that helps the Pelicans because – like, where does Lowry fit in unless they want to play him at small ball center, which, you know, Lowry doesn't want to play center and I think would never stay healthy at center if he had to play there as his primary position. So, um, you know, like Lowry I could see as a guy fitting next to Zion, but you just sign Ingram. Like, I don't think you could play those three guys together. And so, you know, after that, I just don't know who you would give up to – to do that, like, would I give up Kobe White for Lonzo? I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to Zion's defense this year, but a Lowry Zion front court would be one of the worst defensive front courts in probably all of history. I think it'd be an embarrassment. But yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. There's him? there's probably some minutes where Eddie Curry and uh, Jerome James <laughs> played together. Jerome James, <laughs> <laughs> probably. That's right. They probably That's got him there. Uh, you're right. The, 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 my, the greatest quote of all sports writing history was uh, Bill Simmons, who said when he was talking to Isaiah Thomas, "Anytime, anytime you can pay a hundred million dollars to Eddie Curry and Jerome James, you got to do it." <laughs> I think I, you know what I think. I think uh, the Pelicans have been such a disappointment to start the season. I think they might be willing to take one of our vets for. Lonzo. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean. You never know. In the end, it just depends whether they like Lonzo or not, right? Like, if they're kind of like, yeah, we're not going to sign this guy anyway. He's not really a great fit next to Zion because, you know, we really need a shooter uh, and we can't afford to have uh, this this guy not shooting. You know, it's it's tough to play around a point guard that doesn't shoot. Yeah. You know, it really is. You know, but if, you, if the Bulls like Lowry and they could get Lonzo for, you know, like a protect, lotto-protected pick that never – only uh, conveys in the second rounders if the Bulls, like you know, make the, uh, don't miss the, keep missing the playoffs, you know, or it conveys into. So the, the worst it can ever be is like sixteen, which is a really common uh, pick these days. So you, you know, you never lose something too much. And giving up a pick for Lonzo, and then building this team with what they have, would would actually be somewhat compelling because Lonzo with Lowry, Zach, 
And, uh, you know, if Patrick Williams, if his three-point shot is legit, which is a little dicey right now, but if it was legit, like that would be, you'd, you'd still have enough shooting around Lonzo. Um, and, you, and you'd be in a somewhat rare position to be able to do that, to be able to put together, you know, three or four quality shooters uh, next to a point guard that can't shoot. And, and that would actually be a pretty intriguing uh, lineup, I think. But yeah, I'm not I'm not super excited about the idea. But I I I like Lonzo. You know, like I said again, it's tough trading for guys who need a contract too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to pay Lowry and Lonzo. I mean, they're both free agents next year, both restricted. You know, like yeah, how much how much is his market going to be? You know, you could just bid on Lonzo next year too, for that matter. You know, you'll you'll be under the cap, so it's you could you could acquire him anyway if you want to. Um, so lots of questions there, but I, I like I like the idea of Lonzo. I mean, you, the Bulls definitely need a playmaker, right? Yeah, you, you agree with that. So it's like no who, you, know, you start looking at like who are good playmakers that are available and that are maybe young enough to fit in with this team, but like veteran enough to that they're still still available. <laughs> and you know, it's not like a long list of guys you could you could target really. So you know, Lonzo is a guy on that list, and uh, you know, it's a guy you could you could probably roll with for like four or five years. If uh, your team is playing well, well, DT, let's bring the bus in. We're we're over an hour on what we called our worst episode ever. So uh, it was. This was the worst. Was... I'm in, I'm embarrassed. I, I actually, you know, if you weren't going to go to bed, I'd be like, let's just turn this off and re-record. I'm I'm, I'm just hit the bed. reset button on this whole thing. I apologize, Bull fans. I promise we'll do hey, better next week. Believe it or not, there's some gems in here. I really think so. I think uh, I think whoever listening to this will look back and say, you know what, it wasn't as bad as they're saying it was. So well, uh, only only I'm saying it. I mean. You're, you're apparently in love with the both of us. So. I thought there was some moments of brilliance. So uh, overall, let's, <laughs> probably let's, let's bring in the bus as we pull in. Always good to talk to you, DT. Uh, looking forward to next week. And I think let's see by next week they'll they only got one more game. Um, goodness gracious! Yeah, by the yeah, time we record, uh, so they got to win. They got to beat the Blazers next Saturday. It's and, uh, been some depressing Bulls weeks when you only get like one game a week. It's kind of weird, like, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a shame they can't figure out a way to find some other team who's got their game canceled. And it's like, all right, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have exactly. with, let's figure out a way to get you guys in here. Hey, let's wrap this up, my man. All the best to you. Have a good week. I'll talk to you again soon. All right, see. Ya.